welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I'm Pastor Larry Kirk. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I have my lovely wife, Pearl, my better half on the front row over here. And uh, I don't know if we have a picture of my family. Uh, uh, do we have a picture of my family? Did I send you guys a picture of my family? Is it, it maybe, possibly, no? Uh, I have two uh, strapping young men. Um, they're 27 and 23 years old. And uh, I just want to, I wish I had a picture to show you. They are single, ladies. I just want to let you know that. And uh, to all the single guys in the house as well, um, the reason why I could marry up is because of persistence. When I saw my wife-to-be walk across the, uh, the bridge of the college where we were at attending the uni, and, uh, and I, I saw her, and it was like, that was it. It was over. It was like, I just wanted to give her my heart uh, in that moment. And I just saw it, and, and it was like, but here's the key. She didn't see it. She didn't see it when I saw it. Like, it... You know, when I'm, you know what I'm saying, guys, right on the front row, you guys are like, yeah, I know what you're saying, Pastor, you know. Um, it, it took time. It took time. It took a lot of flowers, uh, steak dinners, um, and pleading, will you go out with me? So, uh, so persistence won over, and uh, we've been married 33 years uh, this year. We're celebrating that. And so it's so good to be, be with you guys. And... Um, you know, I was just looking at your website the other day, and I was just listening to your pastor's heart the other night, uh, last night, about your heart for missions and heart for the hurting and uh, what you guys do from a mission standpoint. And it's so, it's so in line with our heart at Central as well that we do so much and from, from a standpoint of missions. And my dad always said it like this. My dad said, you're never more like God than when you give. Because for God so loved the world, he gave his son. And then what did his son do? He gave his life. And it's a reflection of the heart of God when we're generous with our life. And, and, and why, why we can reflect that is because of the connection that we have, because of the relationship that we have, because of our encounters with God in our life. That's kind of what I'm going to land on this morning, just in encounters with God. And I'm, I'm really going to take it out of 2 Corinthians uh, and, and what the Apostle Paul is saying. But, but before, I, before I go there uh, in 2 Corinthians, I, I just want to tell you something that God has loved us before we have ever loved him. That he was already in the love business, if you know what I mean. He already wants to, he already, uh, he shows us that through scripture. He shows us that in the book of Exodus and he goes to a group of people who have been in slavery for 400 years and says, you know what, this is gonna be my people. They can offer me nothing. They can, they cannot uh, buy their way. Uh, they can't buy their love. They can't buy my presence in their life, but I'm gonna take this group of people because I love them first. And he establishes that in the book of Exodus with the people of Israel and, and just wants to establish his love because what love does, love brings connection. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, that connection, that, that connecting point. Uh, not only does love bring connection, but also, also it brings a clarity in your life. 
When there's a connection with someone, when there's a connection with the creator, it starts to bring a clearer picture or a clearer path of what God wants you to do. And through that, uh, what I love about the clarity, what, what clarity brings is then a confidence. Everybody say confidence. confidence. Or we call uh, back home a Godfidence. Ah, there we go. A Godfidence. Because what God is doing in your life, it brings clarity and vision. And, and so you get this confidence of what he wants you to step into next. And that only comes through an encounter with him. That only comes through a connection with the creator. And so when we have this confidence, what does that create? It creates a courage to face whatever giant is in front of your life. Some of us know when you're walking with clarity, you're walking with confidence. When you walk with confidence, it's not a cockiness, but it's a confidence knowing that God is going to take care of whatever you're going to face next in your life. That's why it's so important for us to encounter God in this way. So vitally important that we, 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 uh, we connect with our creator. And so in 2 second, Corinthians chapter 3, let's look at that really quickly, verses 16 through 18. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, this is what God does. God removes the veil. I love that because a veil is something that prevents uh, of something of being understood. So it kind of lifts the veil in your life, right? When you lift the veil, some of us may be in a hopeless situation, but when we connect with God face to face, it lifts the veil so that we can see and be hopeful, right? There may be a wall in your life that you're facing today and you just keep crashing up against the same thing. You keep going around the mountain over and over and over again. It may be an addiction. It may be something that you're, you're just struggling with a sin in your life that keeps tripping you up. And, and, but when you face, when you meet God face to face, something happens, the veil starts to lift and you can see the breakthrough that you can experience only through him. Only through him. And so, so Paul is, man, he's telling us this is what happens when we meet God face to face. And, and, and he says, and there they are face to face. And I, so, so, so when we know that when we're connected to the creator, there's a clarity, there's, there's a confidence, there's a, there's a courage. There's something that takes place in those moments. And and when I think of the opposite of that, I think of what the enemy wants to do in your life. Now, I'm not, I don't look under every rock for a demon or anything like that. That's not me. I'm not that guy. We're not that kind of church back home. But I do know the enemy's real. And I do know that the enemy wants to, what Jesus said, rob, steal, kill, and destroy your life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life to its fullest. That's, that's what Jesus wants for your life. But, but how many of us know the enemy wants the opposite? And, and so before we continue on with, with 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 3 right there, uh, what I want to do is I want to fast forward to chapter 4 and what Paul says here. He talks about Satan. He says, Satan, who the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And so we see this, we see this story, and if, you, and if you rewind, you can go all the way back. If you're, listen, if you're expecting Shane Willard today, I am going to disappoint you. 
I mean, there's no Pastor Shane Willer is one of the greatest communicators that we've, you know, on the planet. He's just incredible how he, how he uh, frameworks scripture and, and how, how, how to look at scripture in a different way. But, but if, we, if we could rewind it a little bit and go back to not just creation, but what I called separation. From the beginning when, when Adam and Eve and, and they're in the garden and, and God says, listen, this is all that you can have. All of this is yours except one thing, this tree right here, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so there's really only two frequencies in the world today, only two voices that are really in our life. It's the voice of God and it's the voice of the enemy. It's been that way since the beginning. And the voice of the enemy, uh, Satan, will always call you to be less while trying to make you feel like you're becoming more. Because he, he, he said to Adam and Eve, listen, did he really say that? I mean, you know, I mean, he just doesn't want you to become like God. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to know what he knows. So I would just encourage you to go ahead and partake in that. And, and you know, and it, it'll be a, the world will be a better place for you. And when they partook of that, how many of us know there was this separation that took place. There was this brokenness. Sin entered the world. Hurt, pain, suffering, all of these things all at once entered the picture because of disobedience. So the bigger question for us today is this. What voice are we listening to in our life? Because there's only two frequencies there. It's the voice of God in our hearts and our lives and the voice of the enemy. While one is wanting to give you abundance and connection and oneness and wholeness, and the other one is promising more but delivering less in your life. It's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He, he definitely wants to separate and bring separation into your life because the enemy wants to do five things. And, and I'll go through these really quickly. It's doubt, distortion, discouragement. Distraction. How many of us know distraction's a real thing in our life today? Come on. Come on. Some of you are on your phones right now. You're distracted. You say, well, pastor, I'm taking notes. I'll say, hashtag you lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes, hashtag, we are taking notes, pastor. We are legitimately. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. But distraction's a real thing, isn't it? And it distracts you. It, it wants to distract you. The, the enemy wants to distract your life, to get you to a place where, where and it, here's the thing about God. God is not unplugging from us. And I want us to be, be uh, I want us to understand that. God doesn't unplug from us. We unplug from him. That's why doubt is a big thing. He just wants us to doubt God's voice in our life. He wants to bring distortion to it. He wants to bring discouragement, distraction. And, and the, one of the most important things that he does is he brings division in your life. That word division is actually like the word anxious. It means to separate and divide and separation. How, how many of us know we all went through COVID together in this? The world did. How many of us know there was separation involved in that pandemic, there's a lot of separation. This wasn't happening. You had to stay in your homes. You had to you had to stay within whatever whatever the whatever the laws were here. They were they were different in the U.S. and they were all over the U.S. They were different in different states. But the heart of it was to separate and not to bring people together. But how many of us know we're just better together as the people of God? We're so much better together. Like, I can do things that you can't do, and I definitely I know that I can't do things that you guys can do. Like, take notes that fast. That was a lot of notes. That was really quick. 
There's so much in, in our life that we're better together as a church. That's why if you're watching this live online and everything, and we love you. We love the online community. We have that back at Central, back in Baltimore. We love that. But, but it, there's nothing like being in the house of God together, worshiping together. There's something that breaks off of your life uh, when you're together, when you're worshiping together, and you're zeroed in and you're dialed in and you're focused on the vision and the mission of the church. And he wants to bring this division because separation creates loneliness. Loneliness creates anxiety. And some of you are still struggling with that. Anxiety creates depression in your life. Some of you today need a breakthrough in that. You need an encounter with God. Because depression can break off of your life today. In the presence of God. He can do it. I believe it. And so the enemy wants to do these things and wants to create this atmosphere around your heart. And that's why we, you know, essentially we just have to guard our hearts in this, in this manner. Because if you, you have to control the atmosphere of your heart. Because if the atmosphere of anxiety is around you, then the atmosphere of anxiety is in you. You have to guard what's in your heart. And there's a few things that you, you have to guard against. And, and number one is this, is words, our words that we speak. Words that we speak. My family is from, my, my mom and dad are from West Virginia. And I don't know if you've heard anything about West Virginia in the States. It's where all the hillbillies and rednecks live. I'm not kidding. My, uh, I was telling pastor last night, I said, I said my, uh, my, uh, uh, my uncle did seven years in the federal penitentiary for moonshine and racketeering with the local sheriff. Like I come from a long line of moonshiners. Come on. What? Are you kidding me? So words matter. And I remember my grandmother, my grandmother, uh, oh, I love my grandmother. My grandmother, uh, she's, she's now passed away. She lived to be 94 and she would make these, these homemade biscuits. Come on, somebody. Homemade biscuits. And, and, and she called them cat head biscuits. I know that doesn't sound good. It, does, it doesn't sound appealing, I know. But, but the reason why she called them that was because they were the size of a cat's head. Ah, the lights are coming on all over the place over here. Big biscuits, and, and we would take it, and we would take you. Do you guys have Cairo syrup here, like Cairo syrup, like white syrup? or Oh, you're missing out. I can't even tell a good story now. It's like we take that Cairo syrup, and she would fry bologna in that cast iron skillet. And uh, you know what fried bologna is? Yeah, you got, okay, yeah, you, got, you, got, you know what spam is? You know, spam? Okay, spam, yeah, yeah. She'd fry that stuff up, really heart-healthy food. And, and, and so we'd fry it up, and that's why I'm so thin, you know, in my age. I'm just still thin because of all this. And then, and then, and then, and then she would t- we, she'd take it, she'd put that Cairo syrup in there, and we'd put butter in it, and we would take those cat head biscuits and sop it up, eat it with the salty sweet kind of thing. It was so good. But she would always say the words, y'all. Everybody say y'all. That means you all in Southern. Okay. Y'all. And then she'd say bout. Yeah, not, not about like you would normally say about. She'd say, y'all, y'all about to worry me to death. Right? She would always say that because, because her grandkids were always doing something crazy. 
You know, we li- she lived on the side of a side of a mountain, and and so we'd always be doing crazy stuff off the trees and swinging on vines, and and uh, you know, if we got out of line, she would cut a switch. She'd make us go cut our own switch, Pastor. She'd make us go cut our own switch, and she'd wear us out with that. Right? I believe in that. I mean, come on, somebody. It straightened me out good. It straightened me out good. But she would always use these words, y'all about to worry me to death. And how many of us know your world is created by your words? If you think you're going to have anxiety in your life, you're, but it's because the atmosphere of anxiety is in you. It's flowing out of you by the words that you speak. The second thing is this. It's our approach. It's our approach because we live with no margin. We spend more money uh, than, than we make. Or, or maybe you knew about a, an assignment at school three weeks ago, and yet you waited till the last. Am I calling you out right now? You know, you're, you know you're the one. You are the one sitting on the front. You are the one. He said, I am the one. And you wait till the last minute, and you wonder why there's angst and anxiety in your life. It's our approach. Number three, it's wrong voices. How many of us know, don't watch the news? Come on, if you're marinating on the news, if that's all you watch, like CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, if you, if you take a good dose of that of American news, you'll be like, oh, my Lord, the world is going to end soon. It is going to end soon. But how many of us know that's in God's hands? It's not in man's hands. Come on. Come on, it can be deteriorating around us, but how many of us know God wants to bring wholeness and healing, and he does it through his body, through his people? And if we, and if we have this anxiety around us in our life, then how can we be a representation of God in the earth when all we do is marinate on negative things? It's our approach. It's wrong. How about, how about, how about this? How about it's wrong voices? in our life or, or, uh, it's, it's that it's expectations as well. It's our expectations. Sometimes we expect not bad things to happen to us today. And how many of us know that's just a little unrealistic. It's just a little unrealistic. God wants us to go through things because he wants to strengthen us through our struggle. Something, some, sometimes things are designed for us to struggle so we can grow our faith. So sometimes it's expectations, but sometimes it's also shame. We're hiding something. We've been tormented by something. And, and, and at the end of the day, we have to realize that we've been forgiven by Jesus. But we still carry this shame of our past. So connection creates clarity. Clarity creates a confidence. A confidence creates this courage. And the only solution to the separation today is Jesus. The name above every name. Jesus. The only separation to the solution to our life is him. So let's go on. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Let's go back to it. Uh, they suddenly recognize, this is Paul saying it again. He says that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit That old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. And we're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And we are transfigured much like Messiah. Who wants to be transfigured into 
into Messiah. I mean, we want to we resemble that in the earth. And so he goes on and he says, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful. Come on. I just want to become more brighter and more beautiful in the house. Come on, Botox can't fix that. Come on. We want to become more brighter and beautiful. As we connect with our creator, we become more brighter and beautiful in the earth. Like our lives is a shining example of what God looks like. Brighter and more beautiful. As God enters our lives, we become like him. And I'm going to tell you right now the greatest proof that Jesus exists. The greatest proof is not the fact that we can go back into history books and prove it. And prove the resurrection. And prove that he was real. That's not the greatest proof. The greatest proof that he exists today is sitting right next to you. A changed life. A life that's been changed forever. That is the proof today that Jesus exists. Is that maybe you were once an angry person and all of a sudden you, you became kind. Because you gave your life to something that, that, that is greater than yourself. And, that, and that's what it comes down to, right? That's what it comes down to for a lot of us. That we, we get to this place where I'm in need of something greater than myself. I can't fix myself. I can't, I can't change in this moment. I can't do it in my own strength. And, and scripture tells us this. this is, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And so, and so it's something that God does on the inside of you. That you love people that you didn't love before. Come on. It's easy to like and love Pastor Byron and Ann Graham. That's easy. They're such great people. Such great people. But you have family members like I have family members. They're difficult to love sometimes. And I've found it difficult with my own two boys loving them at times. Right? And, and you need something greater than yourself. And when you connect with the creator and the creation is connecting with him, there's something that transforms you from the inside out. How many of us know it starts with the heart? Because it's all about the heart today. It's not about what I say. It's not about what anyone one speaks. It, it's, it's really about the heart. Because the Bible says and tells us this in John, I think it's John 7, where, where uh, out of the abundance of the heart, this, the, the river flows out of the heart. You know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everything comes from the heart. And it's an encounter with God that can change that, can change our life. So the greatest proof that Jesus exists is a changed life. They're sitting right next to you today. And God starts with our belief system. And he starts with, with, uh, with this thing of validation for us. And we all desire that. We all want to be liked. I want to be liked by you today, right? I don't want you to go to Pastor Graham, uh, Pastor Byron, and, and, and tell him later, like, I'm not sure about that guy. You know, everybody wants to be liked. Can we, can we just be honest with that? Everyone, you know, some of you are like, I don't want to be liked. You do. You do. Even Jesus was validated by the Father. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. There was validation. And everybody 
wants validation. You remember the, the old Disney, uh, the Disney movie, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Can I say dwarfs? I don't know. Or the seven little people? I don't know. I, I'm not sure anymore. I don't want to get canceled. But, um, but, but you remember that when she, she would look in the mirror, like mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the, fair, you know, who's the prettiest or fairest one of them all, whatever they say. And, and so it's, it's this validation moment. And I think we do the same thing with our, with our social media as well. Like mirror, mirror on the wall, who's got the most likes of them all? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the best worker of them all? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's got the most stuff of them all? Like we, we validate ourselves by things in our life. And we're trying to fill a God-sized hole in our heart with physical things, which tells us this, right? It tells us that you cannot fill a spiritual void with physical things. You can't fill the God-sized hole in your heart. Listen, it's nice when you buy a new car or something new in your life, but how many of us know? Your friends get in it. You have kids. Kids start getting in it. It starts getting dirty. It starts getting smelly. They leave the french fries in the back seat. They spill the milk. It gets in between the crack of the seat, and then you get in. It smells like rotten cheese, and you're like, what in the world just happened to my new vehicle? But it just gets old after a while. And it gets old and it kind of dies off the, the, the shininess of, of, of that newness kind of wears thin over time. There's only one thing that can fill that God-sized hole in your heart today. It's Jesus. It's real simple. There's three things I'm going to leave you with real quick. Because I saw the time back there and I am running out. Really quick. I was doing a study on this, and they, they talked about three mirrors. One is this, the mirror of failure or rejection. I am what I did, in other words. These are the three mirrors that when we look into the mirror of life, this is what we, this is what we see. This is how we, we operate as people. This is from Psychology Today, a study that was, that was done. It's the mirror of failure and or rejection. I am what I did. But here's the thing. Failure is never final in your life. And failure is not a person. It's an event. Failure doesn't define who you are. Right? We, got, we can move on from failure. I love what Pastor John Maxwell always said. You know, when you fail, you fail forward. You're learning from it. You're learning from your failures. And it doesn't define who you are. Then they, then they talked about the mirror of social pressure. I am who they say I am. In other words, I am what others say about me. And so my thing is, let's stop comparing ourselves to every highlight reel that we see on Facebook and Instagram. Comparing our lives to others and what others say about you. You're not defined by what they say. You're defined by what God says about your life. And the, the next one was this, and we'll end with this. The mirror of inferiority. I will never be qualified to do my job. In other words, I'm just not enough. When I look at abstract painting, I'm not an artist or the son of an artist. I look at it and I'm like, I don't see it. Is anybody else with me? You guys with me? Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you. I thought I was the only one there for a minute. 
I don't see it. So the best way to know what that painting is about is to go to the one that created it and ask them or another artist next to you that that can see what you don't see. So the best way to find out who we are in the earth today is to go to the one that created you. That's why it's so important for us to encounter the presence of God and encounter him in such a way that when you walk out of a building or walk out of a place or you walk out of your bedroom, you bowed your knee to the one and the only one that can save your life and that can change you forever. The only one that can speak things that are not as though they were over your life. And the way that we can live out our God-given potential is to really go to Him. Because some of us in here today, we really need this. We really need this encounter. We really need the presence of God working in and through our life. And if you don't feel connected to the Creator, and you're His creation, then there's something amiss in your life. And you'll always be searching. You'll always be looking for the next thing the next event, the next moment, the next game, something to excite, something to bring alive again. And here's the thing about it. Jesus is our resurrection. He takes the dead things in our life and he resurrects them. Jesus said it. He said, I am the resurrection and the life and he that believes in me, though they die, yet shall they also live. And he asked Martha and he said, do you believe this? And that's the question that we all have to answer today. Do you believe that he's the one? Only you can answer that. Only you can be moved by the text and what God wants to do and what he wants to plant in your heart and your life that'll change you forever. My prayer is not the words that I spoke today, but the presence of God that's in here today. I can't do anything, it's only God. And I promise you, he'll take the broken spaces of your heart and your life and he'll bring them whole again. And the things that you've been desiring and the things that you've been looking for, the emptiness, the shell in your heart and the hole in your heart can only be filled by God. It can't be filled by stuff. He wants to do that in your life today. He wants to do it in your life. So if we could just bow our heads, just in a word of prayer, close our eyes all in this room. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I I need an encounter with God in my life. Maybe you feel like you're far from him. Maybe you feel like, you know what, I just, I don't feel connected to him. In the way that you're talking about, Pastor, I just don't have that. I don't feel that, but I do want that connection with the Creator. Let's not doubt what God can do. Let's just buy into this right now and just believe. 
Lord, we believe that you're here in this room. And you, I believe, Lord, what you want to do in people's hearts and lives this morning. You want to take them into a place where if there's brokenness in their life, you want to bring wholeness in their life. If there's disconnection, Lord, you want to bring connection back to them. If, they, if they've been following you for some time and they just, they've lost their first love. And they want to re-engage with that again, Lord. That, that reconnect that to the Creator, Lord. And I just pray, God, right now that we open up our hearts to you. Open up our lives to you right now. In this moment, Holy Spirit, to allow you to move powerfully in this place. To connect those who feel disconnected. To heal those who are hurting. Those who are suffering with depression, God. That it would be loosed off of their life. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand, Pastor. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.